Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are joined by a special guest today, Mr. Chad Robichaw. Did yeah. I say that correctly? You got it, yeah. Okay, I don't, I, I'm not good with uh, that that uh, accent, so I wanted to make sure. Uh, Cajun, Cajun accent. Yes, exactly. Uh, Chad is a uh, best-selling author and a public speaker. And you really, honestly, I feel like you just do a little bit of everything. Yeah, so, uh, MMA. MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah. So I do everything but rest. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do enough of that for you. Yeah. So. Well, you do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thanks for being on, Chad. Yeah, uh, Glenn, you. what's the top story for you? I have to start with Paris um, fires, a burning down of Notre Dame. Okay, Stu. It's tax day, and uh, people should understand the truth about their taxes and how much they're paying. The, oh, they should know, they should know what's going on with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting concept mm -hmm. still. And Chad. Uh, three veterans uh, take their lives inside of VA facilities last week. Oh my gosh! Yeah. In one week. In one week, yeah, we had three. One right here in Austin. A guy, one of the guys, shot himself right in a right in a VA facility. Uh, all right. Week, yeah. A lot to get into there. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is, um, you know, I I hate saying this with a veteran sitting right here, and, <laughs> and uh, especially the news last week. Um, Pain can be really debilitating. Pain can be something that pushes you over the edge. Um, and um, you don't necessarily have to live that way. Um, I, I, I've been taking Relief Factor now for a year and a half. Take it three times a day. It reduces your inflammation. I'm so surprised because I thought this was all swelling, but it's not. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you will feel a difference. You can take it for three weeks. They have the quick start. If it doesn't work for you, stop taking it. But 70% of the people who take it find relief. I have found massive relief. It's Relief Factor. The number is at the bottom of the screen, or you can just go to relieffactor.com. All right, Glenn. Uh, Notre Dame is burning. Um, in a spectacular fashion. Um, President Macron has just come out and said, it looks like we may not be able to save it. Uh, just watch the video here, just a little bit of this. That's the spire. This is their 9-11. Look at the spire mm. fall. That's the spire of Notre Dame. Mm. Look at how hot that fire is. Look at the flames, how high those flames are. Yeah, that is not close to going out at this point. No. 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 Um, we don't know what caused it yet. We know that there was a mass uh, renovation that was going on. Uh, but that is a pretty remarkable. I mean, this is a this is a world landmark, uh, and um, and probably next to the Eiffel Tower, the most iconic building in all of France, and more important than the Eiffel Tower. This is the site of the American Revolution. I mean, the French Revolution. This is the site of Victor Hugo. I mean, this is so wildly important to uh, France as an image. Um, it's also like really you know, serious archives are held there. I mean, they're going to lose all sorts of you know, art and archives that they can, you're never going to be able to recreate. I mean, the, the, just, the, just the, the rose um, stained glass window is irreplaceable. Um, if this was arson... Uh, this is going to be bad. If this was arson of any foreign uh, kind of, um, in any foreign entity, any, anybody with a grudge, 
Um, I think if, if, and this is a huge if, it might have just been started by a cigarette we don't know. But um, if this was started by Islamists, I don't think you'll find out about it. Um, because I think it would set the entire country on fire. They've had yeah. killings. They've had mass shootings. They've had people running people down in the streets. The tension is very high. You take away this, be like us burning what our White House. I mean, what what is what is iconic like this? World uh, Trade Centers. Yeah, <laughs> like the World yeah. Trade Center. This is their World Trade Center moment. Um, and if this was done by terrorist, uh, I. I think that uh, they will keep it quiet because I just don't think Macron and France wants that internal right. fight. Um, if this was done by somebody who was disgruntled with the government, etc., like the yellow vests, yeah. you know, they did say this weekend that the police can put bullets in their guns and they can shoot to kill the yellow vests. They said that this weekend. Uh, so maybe it's that I don't know, but this is a this is a really big deal. Uh, the world has lost a major, major piece of history today. Chad, you yeah. want to weigh in on this? No, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, if uh, if it is an Islamic thing, I mean, you know, Islam jihadists have had a history of trying to erase yes. any history besides Islam. And uh, if this is, I mean, the t- like you said, the tensions are so high there, and you put that. I mean, I don't think they want to deal with the consequences of, of bringing that up and bringing that to head, you know, as this Islamic attack. I think it could be a slaughter in the streets if yeah. that, if that's what it was. It, it would not be good. I, yeah. I mean, I've obviously, I've never been, so I don't know. But I would think that, you know, you said maybe it could be a cigarette. I mean, yeah. you would think that that, you know, obviously they can't smoke there. I will tell you, I mean, I heard, I heard from you, Chad, when we first sat down, that the fire department didn't arrive for two hours? Yeah, I've, I've, I just heard that right before I walked in that there was a delayed, uh, delayed response to the fire department for like two hours. And so, so how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how a cigarette could. I mean, you should be able to put that out. That is one hot fire. But if it burned uncontrolled for two hours, that's what it would look like. It's yeah. kind of the woods a little dry. And, you know, if anybody has been to France, I mean, the French are very proud people, especially of their history. Of their, I mean... They're very proud, and this is good. this is gonna whoever this caused it, whoever caused it, devastating. Yeah, I mean, if it, even if it was construction workers, it won't cause riots in the streets. But even if it was construction workers, boy, I wouldn't want to be a part of that construction yeah. company. And not just the building, right? You, yeah. you said earlier the archives, the the, the art that's in there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that's going to be lost in this fire. Mm. I think about all these things kind of coming together. I mean, you already have an Islamic extremism problem in France, whether this had anything to do with them or not. You have the yellow vest situation, which is you know, uh, you know, protesters in the country. Um, that have created lots of havoc. You have financial instability and all sorts of things. This is what you've been talking about forever. Whether this is a, an attack or not, the issue is, I mean, th- there's still argument about the Reichstag fire, whether that was set yeah, by the Germans yeah. or not. I mean, I, you know, the... No, this will be used. Yeah, this will sure. be used and, and, and combine it with the world we live in, which is, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and fake news and people spreading things fast. People will attempt to use this no matter what the truth is. They will attempt to use it for their own purposes and, you know, as you've mentioned a million times, Glenn, when you get all of this kindling around one area, and this is not, not this is a fire reference, but not referencing this fire, uh, when you're talking about the, the, this, the spark can be something like this. Even if it's not necessarily an attack, that could set off a much larger problem this is um, a and can cascade very, out of control. This is a very important building. 
Yeah. It's just, I mean, think of if think of people who feel already that they're losing what it means to be French, that they're losing their heritage, they're losing their their country, they they're they're losing France. Think about the devastating loss that is. Imagine imagine the way we feel about our country. Imagine Mount Vernon burns to the ground. I mean, this is much bigger than Mount Vernon. Yeah. You know, the White Cathedral? House. Uh, I, I know. This is this is you know, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Right it would, uh, you know, I, I, Independence Hall maybe, maybe. I, I can't think of anything. I think it'd have to go to the White House in the Capitol yeah. to be that big. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to something way happier, which yeah. is it's tax day and yeah. we all owe a bunch of money to the government. Yay! We do. And uh, in fact, we've done it for the entire year. And that's one of the big things I want to focus on here is that people just do not understand in general. I think this audience has a good grasp of it. But generally speaking, people don't understand that their taxes uh, being withheld by the government is not a, f- a birthday present from the government. <laughs> Your tax refund is not a celebration of some new holiday. Uh, it is the government taking from you. They're taking your money and holding it interest-free for a year when they decide to finally give it back to you. Um, it's not good. It's not a bonus. It's not a hug and a kiss from the government. It's actually, it's, it's closer to theft uh, is what it is. <laughs> because I can tell you this, when I, because I have maybe a type of person who occasionally files for an extension every year. And uh, I can tell you this, they don't let me uh, keep any of their money without interest. They make sure that I'm paying interest every single time and penalties and all these other things if I don't get that stuff paid on time. Um, so uh, this is pretty interesting, though, um, because we had this big tax cut uh, that happened uh, in 2017. And, and big is maybe an overstatement. It was an okay tax cut. I'm glad. I like lower taxes. Probably the biggest one we may see in the rest of our lifetime. <laughs> it's, possible. it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Um, you know, the, the corporate income tax cut was pretty good. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. say that. Um, but so they cut taxes, and for almost everybody, I mean, almost everybody saw a tax decrease. But the, the, the left really went on this kind of marketing campaign to make sure that you didn't know it. Uh, and we saw this from Matthew Iglesias last week yeah. giving praise to the left and saying, hey, what a great job we did on telling everybody that they didn't get a tax cut when they actually did. And it's amazing he came out on Twitter and said that said in that, front yeah. of everybody. <laughs> They're not afraid not, not anymore. Not afraid. Well, yeah. the New York Times is, is, in case you thought that was just a right-wing talking point, here's the New York Times talking about it. Uh, as well. To a large degree, the gap between perception and reality on the tax cut appears to flow from a sustained and misleading effort by liberal opponents of the law to brand it as a broad middle class tax increase. Jeez. Incredible. Uh, they say after a law went into effect, Democrats played down the estimates. These are estimates uh, that were lower than initially shown and instead highlighted projections that most Americans taxes are set to increase in 2026 after the individual tax cuts in the law are scheduled to expire. Stop for a moment and, con- moment and consider how disingenuous of a talking point that is. They're saying when the law runs out, your taxes are going to go up back to what they were before. And we're going to count that as a tax increase. I mean, that is incredible. It will be in tax ends increase justif- in 2026. Yeah. Ends justify the means. Ends justify yeah. the means. They have a great quote in there. This is from uh, the H&R Block Tax Institute. This is uh, Nathan Rigney. He says, most people didn't recognize the increase in take-home pay or at least didn't attribute it to the tax cut. Mm-hmm. It's little consolation to discover that you received a couple thousand dollars during the year, but you already spent it. And this comes back to a fundamental problem and I think a truth here uh, when it comes to tax policy and the way conservatives handle it. We always talk about kind of as a talking point, Ronald Reagan's point, that at the end of the year, if everyone had to send in a check, 
you know, the, the tax situation would, would change immediately. And instead of implementing that as a policy or making that more of a reality where maybe at the end of every, you know, like just like people pay rent at the end of the month, they pay a, a, a tax check to the government. That would make them much more invested in what actually happened with the money and also how much they were giving. Uh, and we kind of just tossed that out as a talking point, And it's a good talking point. But I mean, I don't know. It's maybe it's time to I make think, it reality. I think it's one reason why businesses are so hyper focused on taxes. Because I have to pay quarterly. I do, too. That's exactly where I was going to go when I first started my business. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2012, and I started paying those quarterly Mm -hmm. taxes. I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of money that I'm paying every quarter. Yeah, Yeah. And and, and and that's why. And I think this president might be a guy who would pull that off. I mean, I, you know, one of the topic I wanted to lead with until the fires today was Donald Trump's suggestion of taking and sending all of the illegals into uh, sanctuary cities. Yeah. And I think if he did that on a mass scale, if they just trickle in, right. nothing. But if you fill 141s <laughs> with people <laughs> buses and, stuff. and giant buses yeah. and you just fly them in or bust them in and he's there going, hey, by the way, just wanted to thank San Francisco for being one of the greatest cities in the world, sanctuary city, <laughs> not going to harm them. Not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make jobs uh, easier to find. Uh, and it's, uh, it's also going to make, what was it, crime go down, the crime rate go down. Here they are, open the buses. He won Cher over. Cher jumped on, on the Republican side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we actually have, if you go to the tweet from Cher, um, I tweeted this out. I didn't realize she was such a Make America Great Again person, but uh, I mean, listen to this. How disconnected from yeah. reality do you have to be? This I is understand. talking point. This is Trump's talking points, right? I know. This is all of it. We've been saying this for thirty years. I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, Los Angeles, isn't taking care of its own. What about the 50,000-plus citizens who live on the streets, people who live the below the poverty line and hungry? If my state can't take care of its own, many are vets, how can it take care of more? Share, hmm. this is what we're saying, and it's not just your state. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all of them. Their country, yeah. Welcome to the team, Share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just, it's so bizarre to me that they're taking the stance. You know, you heard Cory Booker come out and say, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to make people less safe. Yeah. Trump, Trump wants to make us less safe. Like, what are you talking about? Are you admitting that it may not be a safe strategy to just allow random strangers across the border into our town? If you listen to his whole clip, it is absolutely amazing because he says, um, you should fear, basically, you should fear the people who use fear uh, to make you afraid. Well, wait, that, that's not Donald Trump, that's you. You're saying be afraid of Donald Trump because he makes you afraid. Well, yours, I should say, be afraid of Cory Booker because he's using Donald Trump, <laughs> who's making us afraid. It's crazy. Also, would just like to point out before we go to break that, uh, you know, these people are basically getting a free, they get a free chauffeured ride to a place where they can live. I still have to pay $30 to get in an Uber and travel six miles across town. <laughs> Something's wrong with the yeah. world. Back in a minute. I would gladly pay for the Uber. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that I started 
five years ago, six years ago. Um, and it came from frustration at first, and then I started doing work with um, these real estate agents, and they all they are from all over the country. And the Wall Street Journal every year says, you know, they name the 500 best real estate agents. And some of these real estate agents sell more homes and sell more property than all the other real estate agents in the area combined. I mean, it's crazy. The good ones are really good. And so I, you know, doing work with them, I just kind of pick their brain because I'm always the guy who's like, I don't know, anybody got a brother that sells real estate? <laughs> it is the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, so found other secrets, started connecting with these guys and said, hey, can, can I just refer some people to you? So we started doing that and then we're like, we should do this for everybody. And so that's what we do. We refer realestateagentsitrust.com. You go there, you're looking for a real estate agent to sell or buy your house. These are the people who know how to get it done. These are the people you can trust. They're all fans of the show. Um, a lot of them know me personally, and um, they'll help you sell your house. All right. Um, Chad, you said three veterans. Mm -hmm. Just last week. Just last Just week. Last in, last five, week. in a five-day window. So. Yeah, in two in Georgia, one in Austin, Texas. Wow. Yeah. How many? How many? The number's not 21. How many is it? We will really know because the number actually last VA report says 20. However, uh, that's about 50% of the population reporting. So we really don't know what the number is. Uh, obviously, one, too many, yeah. but it's, it's definitely more than 20. Yeah. Uh, and then if you look at the active duty rate, it used to be one a day, which is more measurable active duty. Uh, that number has, um, is starting, has quadrupled. Uh, last year, 2018, was the most suicides ever on active duty uh, for the United States Marine Corps. Uh, mm. Special Operations Command tripled their number in, in one year. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's on the veteran, the active duty side, it's on a rapid increase. Um, you know, there's not the right solutions aren't being brought to the table. The VA, VA why do these guys kill themselves in a VA facility? A guy in, in Austin, Texas on Thursday walked out of his counselor's office, walked into the waiting room, said, well, I guess I'll just kill myself and pulled why? the pistol out and shot himself in the chest. Any idea why? Well, he, he made a statement to his girlfriend that he was going to... Uh, um, I, I'm not as certain it was him. It was one of the three that last week made a statement to their girlfriend that they were going to make a statement to the VA in order, basically falling on a sword for other veterans. So they would take it serious. Yeah. They would hear, his, hear this incident and want to be... What are we not be, doing? Well, you know, 2008, um, when the Obama administration took over, the VA had what was called the Office of Faith-Based and Community Alternative Programs, which were not just faith-based, but other programs outside of clinical. Those were defunded, and everything at that point, from 2008 till now, has been prescription medications. Oh, my god! Clinical. So this is the only solution being presented uh, is, is prescription medications. Outside of, outside of the active duty, uh, outside of the military, outside of VA, they have organizations like Mighty Oaks, which we've tried to fill that gap to bring in other solutions that we know work. Um, you you know, do great to the, to the, work. The, just great yeah, work. We're, we're bringing a solution. People, how many people are you up to now? How many? We're, we're 2,600 graduates, but now we're on a rate of about 1,000 a year. Wow. And, uh, and on the resiliency side, we've just spoke to about 150,000 active duty troops. I just got back from Germany speaking to um, Marine Forces Europe and Africa. Last weekend, I was at Marine Corps boot camp. Now I get to speak to every recruit at Marine Corps boot camp will hear me speak on uh, resiliency and spiritual resiliency. And, um, and then on the other side, the next day I'm at the general's quarters speaking to all the commanders of boot camp. So we got a real, the Marine Corps has been amazing. General Neller, who's a commandant, and Sergeant Major Green, they've been incredible to open the doors to us to allow us to bring the solution to the table. Have you talked um, to Donald Trump yet about this? Uh, in the campaign, if you remember in the campaign, I got to ask him what he would do if he was, mm -hmm. became president. Would he bring, allow faith-based programs to 
be a solution? And he said yes. And of course, the media spun it sideways. And if you remember that incident, I want to ask them that. But since I haven't spoken to him again since, and I would love to follow up. With, I would love to sit down with the president and follow up with him on, on that question. You know, he he did you know give my word, give his word to me and all the other veterans in that room that day that he would uh, bring this to the table. And uh, I definitely recognize these you know faces a lot of opposition. So, do but, you think that's really what it is that we've dropped faith? I mean, because as an alcoholic, to me that makes sense. Sure. If you're not, if you're pushing drugs over AA and and any kind of spiritual reconnection, yeah. it's just not going to work. Right. But is that? Do you think the? Yeah, is I mean, that the driving force of this? I think so. I mean, look at, I mean, you look at, uh, we just got done with a three-year doctoral study. Uh, we're independent of us. Someone studied uh, people from Mighty Oaks, and we outperform, I could go through the numbers and bore mm -hmm. you with them, but we, the bottom line is we outperform clinical trials uh, with our success rate. This is a three-year independent study that we didn't touch uh, from some of our participants that opted in to participate in the study. And uh, it's going to be published soon, but we outperform clinical tr clinical trials with our success rates. In fact, uh, almost 49% of our the people in that test group tested did not even have PTSD after going through a program wow. like And so we've had just tremendous success. And uh, we're not the only ones. I mean, look at you talked about AA prison programs. I could, mm -hmm. I know a program in California. The recidivism rate in prisons 77% mm -hmm. in California. Uh, they have a faith-based program called Toomey, the Urban Ministry Institute. Their graduates have a 4% recidivism rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, faith pro faith programs work. Uh, for people that are struggling in life and trauma. And, uh, and, and they're proven time and time again, oftentimes, though, they're not used until the last resort and, and for preventativeness. And You're understandably focused on the increase of solutions, um, uh, and that's obviously very important. Is it also, though, an, an increase in problem? Is there, like, it, why, is it, is it, is it more on the, that side as well, where there, people are going to this more often? I think, I mean, I, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, we've been at war for 20 years. Uh, mm -hmm. We have 23 million veterans in America, and the VA uh, has always been able to treat our veterans, but now, after 20 years of war, they're definitely being inundated with... Uh, and they don't have the options or solutions, so the only thing they have to do is present, you know, pills. And if that's I have to tell you, this mm. is as bad as World War One was. Mm -hmm. I mean, World War One, guys came back. We had never seen warfare like that. Right. You know, these guys were being pulled off of farms, and then they were thrown in. Mm -hmm. Where you know, World War One is so crazy, it, it almost it completely annihilated the horse from the European continent. Okay, people were bringing their own horses into combat, yeah. and they were being destroyed by it. tanks. Were seen for the first time, machine guns, and so it was so disturbing. They came home, and the suicide rate was very high because they didn't know what to do. But this is before AA. This is before they had any of those options. For us to be sitting here and be repeating what happened to us in World War One, and 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 not come back to faith-based solutions when nothing else is working is obscene. I mean, the president just signed this executive order, which meant more funding, but Secretary Wilkie, who's the secretary of the VA, I mean, they basically are doubling down on the same thing they've been doing. And more outreach, same, same processes, but no new solutions to the table. And I'm not suggesting the VA stand up a faith-based wing, but there's already organizations out there doing it if they could partner uh, not on an individual basis, like a one, because we get references from the VA all the time, but not it's not systemic across the VA. Yeah. If they could partner with the organizations that are already doing the work and having the success. I believe that we, could, we can make make a dent in this thing and actually really have an impact. Mm. And uh, I mean, you talk about like World War One, how different it is. Right now, we've never seen a, a IED threat like we have. Mm -hmm. I mean. My, my son's in Afghanistan. He just got there two days ago. The, the unit he's replacing is those, those three Marines that were killed last week. 
uh, and and that's that's the guy she's replacing. When we have a war where a father serves yes. in a war and then the son goes, that war has gone yeah. on too long. Yeah. Yes. All right, back in a minute. Yeah, yeah those guys uh, were, were in a MRAP. Like, people aren't supposed to die in an MRAP. Chad, we've got about uh, 30 seconds here, but I want to make sure that everyone watching knows where they can find out more information about what you're doing with Mighty Oaks. Yeah, mightyoaksprograms.org. Uh, if you are a veteran and or a spouse or active duty, res- um, whatever your service is, you can go there. Our program's totally free. We even cover travel. So mightyoaksprograms.org. And uh, and also, if you want to support this cause, uh, we've never had a veteran have to pay. Uh, we, you can uh, support as well there. That's amazing. Thank you so much Absolutely. for all the good work yeah, you're thank doing. Thank you guys for having me on. We will see you guys in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. just chatting it up about uh, kids' movies mm-hmm. and our favorite kids' <laughs> movies. Uh, but the Secret Life of Pets 2 trailer, something odd uh, about that trailer. Yeah, so. I thought so. I thought so. Um, because, you know, as having kids six and seven years old, I have uh, I haven't seen this movie a bunch of times, but I have heard this movie a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, driving in the car, it's on in the background on the DVD. It's a cute movie. It's a cute movie. Let it me is. just it, admit, it's you a know, cute I, movie. I like, generally speaking, these movies are pretty good at this yeah. point like they're not you know they're, they're kind of entertaining for adults too they, yeah, my they kids make, are adults now and I still watch the cartoons yeah, 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 <laughs> I can't yeah, blame they, it on them anymore they make sure to include just enough adult yeah. humor to keep us entertained yeah. but also not anything inappropriate right. for the kids it doesn't quite communicate uh, to the subtleties don't get across to yes. the kids yeah. so it's a, it's a fine line they're walking at times kids are dumb yeah exactly that's, <laughs> what, that's what you say off the air all the time um, anyway so uh, uh, so this one's interesting to me though because Secret Life of Pets uh, well Let's just watch a little bit of the trailer. Do we have a piece of it? Or did you uh, say we had a piece of it? I don't, no, they Okay, don't I thought you said you had a piece of it. So if you watch a piece of the trailer, you'll notice something uh, very subtle. But you'll notice it, if you, particularly if you're like me, and your kids are always watching the movies in the back of the car because I don't see them. And all the voices are familiar, though, because you know them yeah. because you've seen them in other things. They're all actors. Mm-hmm. So immediately when, I was, when they were watching Secret Life of Pets, I recognized the lead character as no, none other than Louis C.K., the comedian who, uh, of course, has had a little bit of a scandal since then and has uh, been excised from uh, public view. Uh, so he's no longer allowed to go anywhere. Here he is holding up awards, uh, and now he's no longer at, uh, even available to go to a 20-person comedy club, apparently. Is, well, is, maybe is if the new he standard. would keep his pants on. I guess. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. kids' movies for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the he, he was a lead character in this movie, the dog, whoever the dog was. And and uh, so they uh, is he allowed to come back and come into this movie? I was like, are they going to be able to make a sequel to this? Well, the answer is yes. They're making a sequel to it, and they're putting Patton Oswalt in it instead. <laughs> <laughs> Patton Oswalt is just going to be the new voice is going to be just a different voice for the dog, uh, and I, I and but you should know that in this era of if you make a bad comment or do something wrong you get excised from all society. Kevin Hart, who is excised from the Oscars. He's okay. He's still in the movie. So somewhere in between Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart is where the appropriate line is, I guess. I have a real tough time figuring it out. I keep trying to understand the formula also as to like who yeah. gets who manages to get by unscathed and who has it affect their entire life. And Louis C.K., that's the one that actually, this actually pisses me off because oh, yeah. he didn't do anything without consent. 
Like he's one of the one of the only ones that came out in that scandal. All these different stor- stories started coming out, and he was one of the only ones where you were like, "Yeah, yeah. but he asked them for permission, and they said yes." Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's interesting because uh, the they, he was not accused of doing things against people's uh, permission. They accused him of having too much power. So he's a powerful comedian. He's a leader in the industry. He was with younger comedians, and they couldn't say no because he was really powerful. Which, I mean, again, I don't understand that. I mean, no strong woman I've ever met in my life would be like, you know, I don't know. This comedian, he's a little too funny. Can't say no to his advances. I don't even understand that at all. And it's interesting to see because, I mean, think of it, think of it, a story from, from this perspective. A woman, she's coming up, she wants to, she's, you know, certainly has aspirations for, for bigger things. She winds up uh, hooking up with a married guy. They go through this big thing. They have an affair, blah, blah, blah. During that period, she uh, gets promoted multiple times. He gives her some of the jobs he campaigns for. She rises through. I've just told you the story of Kamala Harris. Mm. So, like... Here is the Me Too generation when the, this powerful guy had all of this, you know, more than twice her age, was able to have an affair and, and elevate her, and that was okay. Is that, that's the other side of Me Too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another side of it in the Democratic uh, um, uh, primary, where one senator who did come out and say, hey, uh, Al Franken is a dirtbag, and we've got pictures of him doing terrible things, I, I think he should resign. Kirsten Gillibrand's campaign is being derailed by the fact that she pointed it out. They're pissed off at her that she took a stand against Al Franken because they liked Al Franken's voting record. This is so ridiculously uh, inconsistent, and it's impossible to follow for any normal human being. There's these weird intersectional lines that make some things okay for some people and some things not okay for others. It's not the way our justice system is supposed to be, and I understand this is outside of the justice system. Right. But I mean, let's not, be honest. Not so much, though, right? Did you yeah. see yeah. that happening within our justice system? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And or just, Jesse opinion. Smollett. Jesse yeah, Smollett, exactly. Public yeah. opinion obviously can make or break your uh, your life and your career just as much. Yeah, and I don't think Louis C.K. even himself looks at his choices in life and is proud of them. I mean, he he came out and said, "Look, I did a lot of things I don't like that I did, and I've tried to make amends for them, and you know, I'll probably be doing that for the rest of my life." But The idea that, like, you know, there's been all sorts of these things that have gone on in history. People who go through bad times make terrible decisions, and we welcome them back. I mean, you know, when we were going through this stuff, I remember saying to Glenn, like, we've had people who were former terrorists on the air, right? Like, these are people who have done way worse than anything that Louis C.K. is is accused of. And yet Louis C.K. is going to be, I mean, you know, I I, I mourn it a little bit because he's a brilliant comedian, and he really is, I think, fantastic, but... The other part of this is like we have to come up with some some sort of standards where yeah. you know if we're if we're going to change them we're going to change them but they need to be at least applied consistently. Yeah. 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 There needs to be accountability, but a world without any kind of redemption is uh, is not a very hopeful place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean I, like, again, like look at Tiger Woods this weekend, right? Like, I mean, Tiger Woods went through. I mean, it's a different situation at some I level. I still have a hard time getting on the Tiger train. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I was never a huge Tiger fan. I mean, I I, I respected him. Obviously, he's a great talent, yeah. and, and at one point, he really was. I remember I wrote a, a story at one point of like celebrities that have absolutely no scandal around him, and I included Tiger Woods. Like a year later, the guy's like in the tank. Um, but it's like you know. You, you have these things where he really was that guy who was thought of as like the perfect story yeah. and the perfect celebrity. And he, um, and he fell. He fell hard. And I don't know if he's been able to deal with his personal demons or not. He's, his golf game seems to be back on track, which is important, but not necessarily the top uh, issue here. 
Uh, but if you can go through these things, and especially something like Louis C.K., where it's, this is not Harvey Weinstein. That's not the same situation. Like Louis C.K., did he make mistakes? I think yes. Uh, you know, he, he, he was not a good person at times. But, you know, I mean, uh, that does not mean that he should be, uh, you know, excommunicated from, right. from all of our cartoons till the end of time. I think we, we, we need to be able to understand that, I mean, if, if you go back in history, some of these people are just awful. I mean, some of the people yeah. we hold up as like, you know, really good people and really good examples and heroes of many were just sure. terrible people. And like, we have to realize that we're all humans. Ele- elevating people above that just because they're famous for one reason or another is a really bad idea. Yeah. And Chad, I do, I do agree with your point uh, that, you know, redemption is something that we need in this society. Yeah. We've, when we've talked about this before regarding the, uh, the Me Too movement and destroying people's lives yeah. and, you know, Brett Kavanaugh and all of those things, it's like we're doing this to the point where if we're going to blacklist someone from society for such a minor thing, certainly the pendulum will swing too sure. far and we're, no one is going to be able to have a job. Right. I mean, because no, I mean, everyone has something that they've done yeah. in their life, especially if we get to go back now to 13, 14, 15 yeah. years yeah. old. Yeah. Kevin Hart's thing, thing was like really old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all we all want grace for ourselves from other people. But we, you know, oftentimes and we're all guilty of it. We don't mm-hmm. want to we don't want to give it. It's a lot harder to give it. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you can brace yourself all the time. I do. Like massive amounts yeah. of it. Uh, Chad, I'll be interested to hear your take on this as uh, this new story as a veteran, but a California police department, um, they redesigned the sides of their cars and um, citizens were not happy. They were not happy about uh, the new design because- Very patriotic, right? Well, it was aggressive <laughs> is what it was. So an American flag, I'm, I'm sure everyone was thinking, I don't know, maybe a bunch of guns or blood. Maybe it's got police <laughs> killing people on the streets. A lot no. of police cars do that. Nope. Just, police just, just a symbol of freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that uh, red, white, and blue. Yeah. It's, oh God, that's aggressive. That is way too aggressive to love your country. What, yeah. what is the world coming to? It's rated R. Or, like, yeah. I, I could really go on a tangent with this. I mean, it, it, I mean, one, talk about people being offended. I, I'm offended. I mean, I have friends that died for that flag and uh, mm-hmm. to preserve their freedom to be able to, sta- to, be able to you know, take this d- disgusting offense to a flag being outside a police car. I mean, and also to the officers. I mean, most, I, I would believe most police officers are proud of their country. There's people of they loved it. service, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, they loved it. And so, I mean, you know, it's just it's st- people that are standing against the flag, the military, the, the police, are, I think are just really detached from reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, there's no other way to you know, com- comprehend, I didn't touch reality. I mean, the, the very uh, their very action to be able to stand to stand and, and protest against this is uh, is against the very thing they're doing and the freedom to be able to do that. And that flag represents freedom, and, and people have fought and and died to preserve their freedom. And I think uh, again, people are just detached from the reality of that. What it means to be a free nation. And uh, you know, this, particularly in Laguna Beach, they're in some kind of like bubble where they mm-hmm. don't recognize. I mean. You think of where that's happening at Laguna Beach. These most people in Laguna Beach. And I'm sure they're great people there, but there's a lot of people that are very detached from the real world. Yeah. And what it means that what it, that flag means. I, I'm just <laughs> so perplexed by the term aggressive. Yeah. No. It's, it's it, interesting, it, especially in Laguna Beach, where it was my impression that like, everyone there was like 94 pounds and was 19 years old and blonde. <laughs> yeah. Like I, for every show yeah. I've ever seen, that's the only people that are on it. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a. Uh, 
it's sad. I think we've we've come to a point where we're so worried about coddling people who think they're victims of something, mm-hmm. something that's not real, that we take those sort of complaints seriously and we say, oh, well, I understand what you're saying and we need to look at the root causes. Every once in a while, we just got to call people dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah, the that's truth dumb. is, you're just an idiot if you think that that's aggressive. You live in a country that that's its flag. I mean, I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what to tell you. Well, it's, I, it's our flag, right? Yeah, it's our flag. And I'm also... Uh, I gather the only thing that I can assume is that it's somehow disrespectful to people who are not from this country. Right. Oh, they who came here. to this country for a better freaking yeah. life? Right, yeah. that chased so. the flag across <laughs> across a, a, a field of crimes to get here, and, <laughs> and and they're willing to risk that to be under the flag that, that yeah. that's supposedly so oppressive. You know who loves that flag? The Afghan people that we're there defending the real oppressed people, the, the Syrians who, we, who we, you know, we've liberated, you know, those people. There's people around the world who are not Americans that appreciate when they see that flag and, and, uh, and have that protection from our from our troops that are out there defending these you know, people that don't have the freedoms that we have here. Yeah, so suck it, Laguna Beach. <laughs> uh, all right, Friday's poll, will the Democrats rein in Ilan Omar after her recent comments downplaying the 9-11 terrorist attack as some people who did something? Uh, 96% of you said no, they will not rein in Ilan Omar, and 4% of you said yes. That's pretty much to be expected. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, the poll yeah. comes out as you expect. I will say that, like, of the things that Ilan Omar has said, you know, this one is the closest to, I don't want to say taking her out of context. It's not really that. Not. She's very flippant about 9-11. She's flippant about these issues. But she's been much worse. I mean, Jason Howerton played that clip last week on Friday, which was a much worse clip that has got much less attention. And I think at some level, Republicans are falling a little bit a victim of, of allowing the Democrats to define where this battlefield is. Mm-hmm. Like, this clip is not good. It's not a good moment, but it's not her worst moment. I would much rather have people talking about the things she's been saying that are anti-Semitic. Or, sure. Or, you know, I mean, to the point that the Democrats actually did kind of get forced into doing something about something on that one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, this one is like, I mean, she at least, you know, her take on the issue is terrible, but she's not saying, I don't care about victims. Like, and that's the way it's sort of being spun out there. I would much rather have her joking about terrorism on, on foreign TV from a few years ago where she's just laughing it up. That's how she really feels. She thinks it's hilarious. She thinks that people would, would cringe their eyes at al-Qaeda and, and, and Osama bin Laden. It was hilarious how funny. That's the see clip that clip? bothered me, yeah. 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 The way she's like mocking her professor for saying, like, how you said al-Qaeda. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, that, that, that video, like, I mean... It, really made disgust at me. Yeah. I mean, and this one is like, it's bad, but I, I think like the Democrats you... are looking, uh, are, are trying to pick this one because they realize it's not the worst one. So they're yes. trying to highlight it and, and make it into a big deal. I mean, the, what's so insane about this is their, their case is essentially Donald Trump said something bad about Ilhan Omar. She's now receiving death threats. Therefore, uh, Donald Trump is bad. Okay, that's their case. And uh, all right, like, it's a, you can understand kind of the thought. First of all, everybody in Congress gets death threats. Ask Steve Scalise if mm-hmm. he had a death threat. I think he remembers one on the softball field that was pretty dramatic. I'm sure Donald Trump gets some, too. Yeah, and of course, he gets more than <laughs> yeah. anyone. He gets yeah. more than everybody in Congress combined, I guarantee it. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to go down this road, you could make the case that, well, one of the reasons he's getting all these death threats is because you spend 24 hours a day saying he's the worst person on earth. Not only is he racist, not only does he not care about poor people, not only does he hate women, not only does he hate gays, not only does he hate Muslims, but he's also literally ruining the entire planet with global warming. This guy is the worst thing that has ever happened to humanity. And if you're going to go on this idea that one tweet 
is bad. What is happening to Trump because of what you're doing on the air every day? This goes to the problem in our country is personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. People aren't upset at her because of what Donald Trump tweeted. People are upset about her, the things she said, the anti-Semitic statements that she's made, the, the video clips we're seeing. I mean, that's what people are upset about her. And people, are, I think, are also upset that she's a supporter of Sharia law. And you, the two, our Constitution and Sharia law do not merge. You can't yeah. merge the two. Yeah. And I mean, and so she really has to pick a team and she makes it pretty apparent that she has. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not... Home, it's not the home team. That's, that's what people are upset about. And, uh, that's an Eagles fan in Dallas. I understand. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, all right. Today's poll. Should President Trump send illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities? Let us know. Yes. Uh, obviously, yes. This needs to be 100% yes. Why not? It's called a sanctuary city for the re- for that very reason. It's in the name. The one argument I've heard brought up, and it's not from the liberal side, it's from the conservative side, is if you bring them to sanctuary cities, it's possible they will actually, it will be more difficult to catch them later if they commit crimes and they continue to stay here illegally. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, there's that argument. But, again, they've San Francisco's made it very clear. They want them there. They've got the money to deal with them, apparently. They can't solve their own problems, but they can solve this one. So let's let them do it. <laughs> let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. <laughs> that is at The Blaze, Chad. I know, I know you're of the same opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think if if they if we are going to bring them, then they should go where they want it most, and uh, this sanctuary cities. Yeah, where I mean, better good for them? Good yeah. for the cities. Good for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's good for the cities, but we'll let them find that out themselves. I, th- I think Trump called their bluff, and uh, they're having to deal with this now. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think on the Blazes Twitter, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Thank oh, you yeah. so much for being here. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I think they find out it wasn't good for the immigrants. Either. Like, they're, they'll, they'll get there and realize the power. They say they will Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.